T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Which of the Chicago Bears wide receivers might not be on this team at the start of the season, when you're looking at the top seven. What's up? It's Gabe. And the phone lines are open. I would love to take a Bears call. Just any Bears thoughts. You know what I mean? Like, I, I know I asked a specific question about the uh, the wide receivers, but I do miss Grody and just being able to just have random thoughts about the Chicago Bears like this one. Uh, so the phone lines are open. Uh, you know what else I would love? Somebody texted in earlier when I was talking about Naperville and, and Mr. Worley sending a, a message to Kevin Warren. Somebody was like, I do not want the Bears in Naperville. I would love for a Napervillian. I'm sure that's not what they call themselves. Naperville-in? <laughs> Get it? I would, lo- I would love for a, a Napervillian to call up and let me know whether they'd like the Bears there or not. 312-644-6767. Even if, even if you're in a surrounding suburb that's, that's right next to Naperville. I would love if you called, though, because I, I do want to pick your brain and see if, if that's something you would even want or is there going to be some pushback there, you think, uh, from the, the residents of Naperville. Again, 312-644-6767. It's Gabe Ramirez leading you again, <clears throat> excuse me, right into Cubs baseball. Cubs starting at 840 today. Pre-game begins at 8.05 with Zach Zabin. That's going to be on the score in the Xfinity Cubs radio network. You can also listen to it on the Odyssey app. I mean, <clears throat> it's not just today either. I mean, it's going to be beautiful weather this weekend. But you can take the score with you everywhere you go. Poolside, backyard, inside the house with the fellows or the ladies. Download that Odyssey app, search 670, and hit play. Plus, you can find us on that smart speaker too. You know, if you're demanding, just tell your device to play 670 the score. All right, some phone calls coming in. Uh, I, I, I do like that. Again, 312-644-6767. Uh, but before I get to those, let me tell you who I think will not be on this Bears roster at the start of the season. My initial thought, Chase Claypool. I don't know why. I know it's wrong. I know Chase will be there. But there's something that's telling me that this marriage, this setup is not necessarily going to be as prosperous as we would like. When you're looking at the seven wide receivers that are out there, DJ Moore, Darnell Mooney, Chase Claypool, that should be your starting three if you're going in a, in a three wide receiver set. Then you got Equinemius, Dante, Dante Pettis, and Tyler Scott. And then you got Valus Jones Jr., and so, listen, Tyler Scott, fourth-round pick, should not, I mean, even if he makes the practice squad, like, you'd, you should want your fourth-round pick to be contributing. Not a starter, but a guy that makes the roster, at least. Dante Pettis and Valus Jones, it's like, aren't they the same person, kind of, where, you know, one is going to be a return specialist, speedy guy, not the best with their hands, from the actual wide receiver position. But Valus Jones Jr. is third-round pick. You're not going to tell me that they're just going to cut Valus Jones Jr. Are you? Equinemia St. Brown, as I mentioned yesterday, best wide receiver the Bears had last year. I know. Trust me. It's not saying much. But so he's going to be there no matter what. EQ, great blocker, great guy, just going to be there. So you're really stuck with Tyler Scott, Dante Pettis, or Valus Jones Jr. And then it makes me think that 
they just don't want to re-sign Chase Claypool, and they might just be like, nah, you know what, we're straight. Like, if he gets hurt or that soft tissue injury becomes a little worse than it is. Something like that. I don't know. Usually things like that shock people. But I'm just trying to get ahead of it. Something to keep an eye on. We'll discuss that a little bit more in a second. But uh, let's go out to the phone lines. As I mentioned, I just asked for a couple people from Naperville to call in just to see, check the temperature, what you're thinking. I love your downtown. Love your little river walk. Gone there with my family before. Do you want a Bears? Do you want a Bears stadium there? Let's go to Tom in Naperville. Tom, is this a yay or a yeah. nay from you to get the Bears over Absolute, there? Absolutely, yes. <laughs> and it's a very business-friendly town. Supports it well, and there's five great sites there. And ironically, they just built a couple newer hotels along 88. The parking will be there as well because there's about five or six big, and this is where Office Max used to be too, the headquarters, world headquarters for Office Max. That whole area, those buildings since COVID are empty now. It's just sitting park spaces, parking spaces. And then there's Nike Park, which has about 10 soccer fields, three baseball fields, and uh, two football fields. That is all owned by the uh, the village, they could easily just put that right there. It's it's really set up nice. And all the hotels along Deal Road, thinking down the line for Super Bowl bucks and uh, <laughs> all that. This. It's I love laid this out time. perfect, guys. Right off of 88. I love this time because you've, you've thought about it. It seems like you're in cahoots with a lot of the people that are there, you know, trying to get them there. But what would you think would be, like, the main part, right? Obviously, in Arlington Heights, you just point to the racetrack and you're like, there. And you mentioned some places like a you know office space that's not there or some Nike Park or whatever, but like, give me a realistic space for where the Bears could move to. Like, give me your number one. Like, if it were me, I think they're going to move right here. To Arlington? No, 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 in Naperville. I I do too. So, I, and I think that's just one option. But no. there's about three other options of large space in Naperville. They own two golf courses. That could easily be converted. Right, right, right. But Tom, 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 give me your number one space. You're like, this is the place where they should be right here. I'll tell you, it's it's. you have to think outside the box, but it's Nike Park for the stadium right off of 88 in all that empty parking space for all these buildings right now. Over on Deal Road? All the hotels. Right. And, okay. yep. Okay. There's a Marriott, Hyatt, Ly- uh, Hilton. I see it. I don't know if that's big enough, man. They might have to like tear it out. I just when I think of a stadium and I think of space, I think it needs to be massive. And I'm looking at it, the Nike Nike Park, and I'm seeing it. It looks big. Goes from Bauer Road to Deal. Yeah, it's 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 huge. And then there's a there's a farm right there too. There's a a small farm, maybe ten acres. Easily easily convert that over. Tom, how long you been living in Naperville? I'm about ten years now, but initially I'm from the south side. Moved to Elmhurst, and then we were Sox season ticket holders. We voted against them coming to Addison, and I retrospect that now, 30 years. I was like, wow, (laughs) why did we not want them going to Addison? We should have. You could have been living in Addison instead of Naperville, Tom. That that would have been been the trade-off right there. (laughs) We used to make fun of Naperville 30 uh, years ago. Now I live there. I love it. No clue why. Thrill. What talk to me about the people there? Do you think that they'd be um, welcoming? Like I know you are, you're a sports fan. I could tell that. But do you think the people of Naperville say, will be on board, or do you think there's a bunch of people that might just, you know, be the the the, the anti whatever is good in in, in, in uh, being brought there? Well, Naperville has a lot of professionals that are very business minded, very thought focused, and how they foresee down the road. I think it would take very well. There always will be groups somewhere that we don't want this, we don't want that, it's too congested. But if you choose these sites off of 88, there's another site right off of 88, they'll never feel the congestion. It's always going to be up north by the expressway. They'll never be able to complain. The land is there. And I think half of the people in Naperville are Chicagoans, you know, Chicago, Chicago suburbs. The other half, you know, maybe they came in from out of town. They're not initially from Chicago. I think they'd be excited as well just because it's something new. 
they moved here from the East Coast for jobs, oh, this and that, and they have this image of Naperville, I think they'd fit in. They would just slip right in really easy. I got to be honest. Thanks for the call, Tom. I really appreciate you uh, taking uh, taking the call and, and, and hitting me up. I really appreciate it because you're exactly who I wanted to talk to. The Napervillians. The Napervillians is what Arlington Heights will call you. If if you guys were to swoop in with Mayor Worley and and and, and steal the, the the bears away from Arlington Heights, Arlington Heights was such a done deal. Like no one, no one was like everybody's like, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Arlington. Leo, when you heard Arlington Heights, did you think to yourself, nah, they're staying at Soldier Field. There's no way. Or were you like, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, see you guys in Arlington Heights. I thought it made total sense. And I still think this could be done as being used as leverage for the Bears to try to get the deal done. But uh, I thought for sure that this was a done deal now. So this is why it's all surprising. Kevin Warren did not come to the Chicago Bears to not send out emails and flirt with Naperville. You know what I'm saying? He didn't come here to be like, yeah, it's Arlington Heights or bust. No. No, no, no. No, 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 no. Kevin Warren's a smart guy. It's like, who are some other sexy, prominent suburbs that we could flirt with to make somebody else jealous? Like, you couldn't have done that if you went to, like, let's say, I don't know, I'm trying to go somewhere that's further out, right? Like, I don't, you can't say, like, Brookfield. You know what I mean? It's not, that's too, nobody, that's not believable. You know what I mean? And then if you mention like Westmont or Darien and now you're on the you know, Southwest birth, that's not sexy. Lombard, not sexy. You say Naperville and it sends shivers down the spines of Arlington Heidians. I have, I am giving y'all terrible names, by the way. So you need someone that's sexy, you know? You could have even said a neighbor like Mount Prospect and people would have been like, hmm, Elk Grove Village, no shade at Elk Grove Village. I got, I got friends that live over there. But like you say Elk Grove Village and everybody's like, you're not moving to Elk Grove Village. <laughs> you're not going to Itasca. Let's be very honest. But Arlington Heights, but Naperville, scary. Especially with the mayor sending that, that type of email. It's Gabe, 670 the score. Uh, I love the fact that callers are calling in right now because they want to weigh in. And this is how this is how it should be. This is how it should be. Instead of talking to like mayors, let's talk to the people. But like the rowdy people, you know? I don't want like the business guy who's all buttoned up and he's gonna give me some like thesis on, on why and what does he feel like is gonna happen with this. No way. Let's go to David out in Romeoville. David, why do you want the bears out of Cook County as a whole? Why why is that? Well, so supposedly there's a report on the internet that Cook County will raise the property tax from two million on that site to fifteen million if the bears were to go there. So if that's the case, I would say get out of Cook County altogether. That's a good point. Thanks for the call, David. I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean it's Cook County still, right? I mean, you can say what you want about, you know, where you live and I don't live in Chicago, but Cook County and it's still, you know, Cook County Assessor's Office. It's gonna be what it is going to be in Arlington Heights and this is be very clear they're going to figure it out because whoever's on the board someone's talking about TIF money someone's talking about it doesn't matter like Arlington Heights as I was telling people everybody was asking me all last year are they really going to move to initially I was the guy that was like there's no chance in hell the Bears are leaving Soldier Field like initially when the when they were first having conversations about it and they hadn't even purchased the land yet they were just you know, thinking about it. And then all of a sudden I was like, wait, they are dead serious. And this is a hundred percent happening. And so when people were asking me all last year, you know, when I was doing my, my Fox post games with Corey Wooten and we were in all these bars at the Miller light broom views, every single person had the same thing. And I was like, go buy property around our, go, go to Mount prospect and buy property, go to prospect Heights, Hoffman Estates might be a little too far west for you, but, you know, buy around there because everything's going to go up, and that that thing is most certainly going to happen. But, you know, Naperville, putting on that full-court press, we would love to discuss your needs. That was a line from the email. We would love to discuss your needs and how Naperville can help you achieve all of your goals. (laughs) All right. 
<laughs> Let me stop crapping on Naperville because I do like that suburb. Again, that little river walk, dope. Fireworks over there on Fourth of July, I like them. So always see people always talk, think that the, the city kids or excuse me that the suburb people come to Chicago to get all the fun stuff. We go out to the burbs too and steal all of your cool things too. St. Charles on you go to St. Charles. Damn, everybody in St. Charles is gonna be mad at me. You go to St. Charles for the four, their Fourth of July spectacular that exists out there. We were doing it for years on end. They were looking at us like, who the hell are these people? I know you don't live in St. Charles. Nope. Out here for the fireworks, Papa. All right. Uh, coming up after the break, we get to talk some NBA finals. Damn. Uh, Howard Beck is going to be joining the show. And he is going to tell me whether or not Jimmy Butler has any fuel left in his tank to round up a victory or two for the Miami Heat. Howard Beck joins the show after this Do Not Go Anywhere NBA Finals talk when we come back. It's Gabe Ramirez. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. On 670, the score. Mullion Hall, Chicago's number one most listened to sports morning show. 530 till 10 a.m. We're back. Live with more Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. I'm still looking for a mentor from this crew. (laughs) Murray. Up top, Jokic. Shot clock winding down. Knocks down the three. Shooting 47% from three-point range in the playoffs. In addition to every other thing. Jokic is like, uh, oh man. We get a chance to talk about him for a little bit. I think that I love his quote that he said when asked why he didn't play college basketball. He said, they jump so high and they play really fast. And I can't jump high. I just play basketball. <laughs> That's one of my favorite quotes. I wish when I say stupid things like that, like I can't jump high. I just play basketball. Like at export or something like that when I'm trying to play basketball. I wish that carried over the same way it does for Jokic. But the Nuggets take a 1-0 lead in the NBA Finals over the Miami Heat. Next game, Sunday, 7 p.m. And uh, right now we get an opportunity uh, to talk to our next guest. He is joining us from the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline, Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. And he's going to be talking to us a little bit about uh, this game and whether or not Jimmy Butler has, has enough in the tank to pull off another victory. Um, he's a contributor to GQ Sports, the Locked On Network, which has some really great podcasts. Uh, of course, we're talking about none other than Howard Beck, uh, one of our good friends here at the station. Howard, happy Friday. Happy Friday, Gabe. How are you? Doing good. Good to talk to you again. I know we had a lengthy conversation about uh, a lot of these teams, and and I think you and I had a conversation specifically about the Denver Nuggets and and how good they were as a team. And I think a lot of people heading into the playoffs just assumed that they were going to be like most squads that have a good regular season, you know, uh, play at a high level, but 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 can't seem to find the second gear once they get into the playoffs. And they've shown everybody that not only do they have that second gear, but they're going to literally just drive right over you. Yeah, I don't think anybody, <clears throat> even across the league, it's not that people didn't respect them, but they just weren't sure, right? You haven't, you know, until, until a team has really proven it, um, it's hard to know how much will translate from the regular season to the postseason. And besides that, the Nuggets don't really profile as your typical NBA powerhouse. Um, partially because they are not an elite defensive team. Now they've been really good uh, defensively within the postseason. Um, But they were, you know, average-ish for the regular season and have been average to below average in defense for for a few years here during the Jokic era. 
So I think people just weren't sure. It wasn't, I don't think, it's not this disrespect thing, which I know is the card that everybody loves to play. It was just that they weren't that accomplished yet and didn't profile like a typical, uh, you know, NBA power. And meanwhile, of course, you had a lot more star power in a bunch of the teams below them, many of which they knocked out on their way to the NBA finals. So here we are, they're up 1-0. They're three wins away from a championship. Certainly looking like they're in the driver's seat. Um, They have a lot of advantages over this Miami Heat team. And, you know, I'm, I'm not one to overreact to one game. I know everybody wants to immediately jump ahead here. Uh, but obviously the Heat have their work cut out for them because the Nuggets, as people saw last night, offensively in particular, are just a really well-oiled machine, and Jokic is just a, a passing master. And, you know, the way that, that their every set unfolds, it's almost as if they never have a bad shot. And and you know what? Going into this series, Howard, I mentioned that, you know, when people were, you know, because you get the fans that, didn't watch all season, but they've seen Jimmy Butler doing his thing as of late, and they're like, oh, Heat are taking game one. There's been a long layoff. And and you're like, have you have you watched the NBA playoffs at all? Like, the Nuggets are very good. And there was two key stats that I kept trying to tell everybody, and it was the fact that they were number one in, in field goal percentage. And I said that was a result of, you know, just creating easier shots for other guys on their team. And then second in the league in assists per game, you know. And, and, and again, that's good ball movement. And both of those things I felt like, um, you know, w- would offset the the layoff for the Denver Nuggets. And when you came up, when you saw the game yesterday, Howard, did you think it was more so a result of who they were as a team? Or do you think they really did come in with some fire and some fuel? Like, guys, we're going to come out hot. We're not losing this for, like, you know, do you feel like it was like a chip on their shoulder kind of a thing? Or, or do you think it was just, you know, the Denver Nuggets being who they are? I mean, I was making the joke a week ago that we were heading toward, and this is when the Heat, uh, you know, were obviously looking like they were probably going to beat the Celtics, and not, you know, that went a little bit longer than expected. But, uh, you know, a, a week or a week and a half ago, I was talking about we're going to end up with the disrespect Olympics in the NBA Finals because the Heat feel completely overlooked and sold short this entire postseason run. Of course, they did that to themselves. They were a team that underachieved in the regular season and ended up, you know, finishing with the seventh best record in the East and then fell to the eighth seed by losing a play in game to, to the, of course the bulls. Um, and so like they should, you know, they're the, 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 he put themselves in this position and I've been uh, trying, I think to convince everybody ever since that they're actually a really good team. The nuggets had the record, but everybody just seemed to have a little bit of skepticism. So I think, you know, look, they've both had chips on their shoulders and I think, you know, for the nuggets, I think what was impressive about, their performance in game one was just, you know, after sweeping the Lakers, they had a nine game, nine, excuse me, nine day layoff between series. It's a long time to try to stay sharp. And I have seen in the past where teams have had a long layoff after a sweep and it, it, they usually come out a little bit sluggish. They're not quite as uh, in rhythm. And, you know, the heat in this case, of course, we're, you know, playing as a few nights ago and I thought they might be sharper because of that. But the Nuggets came out, looked like they, you know, uh, had, had never missed a beat and um, really took it to them. Jokic was incredible in that first quarter without even shooting. You know, he's racking <laughs> up assists left and right. You know, it's it's incredible. He dominates the game without having to force anything or, or take over as, as a scorer. There was a game, Howard, I believe, I think it was in January, where it was like a cold day. People were offering up tickets to the Bulls game because it was snowing or whatever. And it was against the Nuggets. And I was like, of course I want to go see Jokic play. So I go there. I think he might have had eight points, ten points, maybe. And he had about 20-something assists. And I just, I was trying to tell anyone that was this. I was like, are you guys seeing, like, this is masterful. Like, what he is able to do and create easy offense for other guys on the floor. And we saw it, like you just mentioned in the first quarter, how he was able to just affect the game in other ways. And do you think him not winning the MVP kind of allowed his game to flourish a bit more because there wasn't that pressure there of him being the MVP of the NBA? Always hard to assess, you know, the hypotheticals, especially when it's a hypothetical that also involves someone's psyche you know what in a in a parallel universe where he did win the third straight and now everybody would be debating is he worthy of three straight mvps 
something that only a few other guys had done, no one had done since Larry Bird in the mid-'80s. Should he really be at that level? Is he really worthy of this? What if he doesn't win a championship? It'll, it'll look like you know, a hollow achievement and like he doesn't belong in that club. Uh, that would have been the discussion throughout the postseason while he's trying to make it to the finals. Would that have impacted him in, in any you know, negative way? I, you know, I, don't, I don't know. I, I tend to think it would not have. Um, he, as people have seen, he doesn't really have much of an ego. He doesn't involve himself in social media. He certainly hears. It's impossible not to hear the chatter and those kinds of conversations. So I, I know that he's aware of it. But I, I, you just get the impression that Jokic doesn't care about any of, of this stuff. He just cares about playing basketball and winning. He uh, clearly doesn't even care about his own stats. I mean, he racks up triple doubles effortlessly, but he's never really trying to score. And so I, I, I kind of think that if he'd won it, uh, things would have gone the same way. We'll never know. Uh, but regardless, if he wins this championship, you know, the fact that he'll have – a championship, probably finals MVP, in addition to two regular season MVPs and, of course, the second-place MVP finish this season, he's building a really incredible all-time resume and has, you know, obviously many more years to come. He's, he's still, you know, in his early prime. Definitely deserving of it all. I mean, if you're a basketball purist and you just love the game, I mean, he's a guy that, you know, even though you know how good he is, Howard, you still watch a game and there's four or five instances where you're just like, wow. Like, that was impressive at the highest level with some of the best athletes in the world. And, of course, they're facing a Miami Heat team, you know, who has some as well, right? When you're talking about Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo. Um, and the narrative now is like, oh, did they waste too much energy getting to the NBA Finals? And I don't necessarily uh, believe that or, or you know, uh, subscribe to that notion. I, I think they're, you know, still out there playing their hardest. And Jimmy Butler's, you know, that's how he's built his legacy up to this point so far is that, He's going to try to take his guys, put them on his back, and, and will himself to a victory. Um, but how many victories do you see them getting, if any, in this series? Uh, you know, I, I figured this was going to be probably Nuggets in six, and if things went really well for them, Nuggets in five. And, you know, that still feels like the likelihood to me. Um, I don't think the Heat are just going to roll over. And, and they are outgunned in a lot of ways. Like They don't have the size of the Nuggets. They don't have the, the offensive versatility of the Nuggets. But Spolstra is one of the, the best coaches in the league and, and one of the best coaches in the league for the last, you know, 20 years or whatever. Or, you know, you can put him among the all-timers, in fact. He'll find something to open things up a little bit. And, you know, they also could be getting back Tyler Hero, who was their second-best scorer. They lost him in the first round against the Bucks been without him ever since and and i know some folks have felt like maybe that's actually helped them because hero is is a bit of a minus on defense but it's hard to manufacture offense and the heat don't have a lot of offensive dynamism anyway and hero's a guy who can create shots for himself and others who can you know stroke it from from long distance and you know if they're getting him back giving themselves one more option so that they're not leaning on jimmy butler as much I, I think that could certainly benefit them, and uh, you know, also uh, again, like they're gonna they're gonna find some answers defensively. I think you know, no, they're not gonna shut down Jokic. They're not gonna be able to stop the Nuggets. But if they can slow them up a little bit and get just a little bit more offensive pop, I think they've got a chance to win a game or two. We're talking to Howard Beck here on six seventy. The score. I'm Gabe Ramirez. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Howard Beck. I want to get away from the finals for a second because I do genuinely enjoy talking NBA with you. But I'm curious, who are your favorite teams to watch or who is your favorite team in the NBA? Don't really have favorites. I didn't think um, so. That's why I asked you, Howard. I was like, you seem yeah. very much like I, I, I cover the entire NBA and I look at them all the same. Well, I, there's no emotional investment or attachment um, I did just write a fairly kind of glowing tribute to what the Warriors have been in, in the wake of Bob Myers stepping down as president and GM because the Warriors are a team that, yeah, look, I mean, if, if you gave me a choice on any given night, especially over the last six, seven, eight years, which team do you want to watch? I mean, if I put them in order, right, people do their league pass ratings. <laughs> I think there are teams that are more enjoyable than others. The Warriors, to me, have been very enjoyable, not just to watch because of the brand of basketball they've played, but – I just find them to be very enjoyable personalities as well. And as a reporter who has done a lot of stories about them over the last seven, eight years, 
um, they've been great to work with and fun to talk to. So like, so yes, like I enjoy them on, on, on multiple levels there. So you know, push comes to shove. Sure. I would name the Warriors, but I mean, it, it, you know, these things can kind of vary from year to year um, depending on, you know, the, the life cycle of a team. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, there's no, there's no emotional investment. I'm covering yeah. the whole league, and you know, you find you find the best stories you can over the course of of the season. I and mean, you try to enjoy it in real time for what it is, right? When you see greatness, you're watching it, you appreciate it. Not necessarily uh, like you mentioned, being emotionally attached to a team the same way, the way that I am with the Chicago Bulls, who we'll get to in a second. Uh, but I'm curious your thoughts, Howard. Uh, it was one of my questions: the future of the Golden State Warriors. What is it going to be looking like? It's a really interesting inflection point for them right now. Uh, you know, losing Bob Myers as, as president and GM, not as big of a, of a blow, obviously, as if Steph Curry retired. That will be a very big deal when that day comes. It's not even as big a deal as Clay Thompson leaving or being traded or Draymond or something like that. But it, it, it does matter. Um, Bob Myers has set the tone for that franchise, their values. We talk about culture, team culture. Like he is a tone setter for that along with Steve Kerr, but he's also really close to all these guys. So when they go into their off season, when they're in their off season, obviously there's some really key decisions that are going to have to be made. You know, Draymond's eligible for an extension. Draymond can also opt out. Clay Thompson's eligible for an extension. Steve Kerr is going to the last year of his contract because Bob Myers had such close relationships with all of them. And now he's not the one having those delicate conversations about contracts, it, it does, I think, raise a question about, well, how is all that going to go then? Because these are, these are delicate matters. These are all proud people who have all been part of one of the great dynasties of all time. And so where does this go? I'm not sure. I suspect that, you know, Kerr will still be around for the foreseeable future, and those three core players will be, um, and probably Kevon Looney and, and Andrew Wiggins. But, like, Jordan Poole, you know, who had a really disappointing season after signing a massive contract. And of course, after getting punched by Draymond, um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I'll almost be surprised if Jordan Poole doesn't get traded. I, I think they're going to explore every option there. They certainly need to refortify their bench, even if he's back. And there's a new CBA in, in, for the NBA that, that's making it more and more difficult to build a roster when you've already got a really high payroll. So it's an interesting offseason for them, um, starting with who's going to replace Bob Myers. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. What, a storyline that we'll all be following because, of course, as you mentioned earlier, you know, the Golden State Warriors were literally the storyline for the, the last decade, it seems like. So something that we'll all be uh, following closely. Uh, I did want to bring up the Bulls. And, and, I mean, everybody's been talking about it here, the direction that they should be going in. I, I heard, uh, uh, who was it? Um, name skipping me. But he was mentioning how, you know, when you're looking at the, the, the Bulls roster, it, it's, it's just a tough place to be in because he didn't necessarily uh, like the idea of a complete teardown. But he also felt as though the Bulls, you know, kind of were in basketball purgatory being in, in, in the space they're in right now with three. If, if, you, were, if you were an advisor uh, to the Bulls, let's say – what would you say the direction that they should go in? I mean, I've thought for some time that they'd already maxed out with this group. Uh, I was not in favor of the all-in deal they made to get Vucevic a couple of years ago. Um, that, that trade has certainly, I think, backfired on them quite badly. And, you know, they, they, there's a phrase that's often used in the NBA about the treadmill of mediocrity. It's the one place you don't want to be. You either want to be building toward – you know, title contention and be a high playoff team where you want to be down at the bottom getting high draft picks and, you know, trying to rebuild through the draft. And the Bulls basically intentionally put themselves on the treadmill of mediocrity. The deals that they've made for Vooch and for DeRozan and for, you know, by extending uh, Zach Levine, everything they've done has basically just all been toward, well, let's be relevant. Let's, let's win some games. Let's not be bad. Um, but not being bad is not the same thing as being good. And I just don't see where they go from here unless they're willing to start tearing down. They did not do that at the trade deadline. We'll see if they try to, to pivot a little bit this summer. But, you know, if, if they're going to, you know, stay attached to that core, I just don't see where the upside is. And the thing is, I mean, 
Right. The upside, you're trying to find it. And my, I've been in a, a an AK apologist, right, where I'm saying, like, uh, you know, Wendell Carter, Franz Wagner, like, are they really going to make a difference on a team, you know, in, in another first-round pick that's coming this year in comparison to, like, a guy that's second in the league in double-doubles, you know, one of the 10 players in the NBA that's averaging 10 rebounds. Not the best rim protector, obviously, you know, but it'll surprise you here and there with a block shot. But but I I do think that there needs to – I am in favor of a shakeup. Howard, I, I, I am, and a, and a significant one. I don't care what it is, right? So just so that that way you can be in one of those other positions outside of being on that treadmill. And it does suck that, you know, you, you, you created a roster that was successful when all components were there, obviously speaking about Lonzo Ball, and then the removal of him kind of just doesn't have everything operating at a high level as a result of it. And, and now you're in the predicament that you're in. So so I'm 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 a fan of moving DeMar DeRozan. I like the two-man game with Zach and Vooch. But I get a lot of crap because uh, you know, I think Zach's really good, but a lot, a lot of people don't feel as though he's in that top tier of NBA players. Do you feel that way? I depends on where you want to draw the line on those tiers. I mean, but <laughs> fair. Fair. Nah, fair I, mean, I mean, I mean that. Um he's a really talented player. Um I would want him as no more than my my you know third best player though. Um, and if he's your second best wow. player, your first your first best player better be you know prime LeBron James or Steph Curry or Kevin Durant or somebody. Like I just he's not at the same level as, as some of the other stars in this league. But what and, is he missing though? Like when you when you look at him and you, by not putting him in that space, right? What 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 is he missing that would allow him to be that number two guy for you without having LeBron James? Yeah, efficiency, playmaking, and defense, and and a, and a consistency behind all three of those. Um, the 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 true superstars in this league, and even the, like the second tier superstars. Again, wherever you want to draw that line, but the guys who are consistently in the top ten to fifteen, guys who are consistently all NBA or in conversation for all NBA, there's a, a consistency in their production, but there's also a, a versatility in their game that it's not just about how many points they can put on the board, but how much playmaking they do, how much they're leveraging their own talent to create better shots for their teammates, um, the way they lead and certainly the way they defend. And, and Zach Levine, you know, on any given night, some of those things I just mentioned are not there consistently. Sure. So, um, and he's deep enough into his career that, you know, I think it's fair for people around the league to think, well, maybe he's just not going to, 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 to get there. And that's, you know, listen, being the third best player on a, on a title team is, is not the worst thing in the world. I mean, I, this is not a great comparison because they're very different players, but you know, Aaron Gordon was a really high draft pick of the magic years ago. And because of his just crazy athleticism and his size, his, his, his build, everything, he just looked like he had, you know, he, he looked the part of an NBA star and he won some, you know, or he, I don't say he, he should have won a slam dunk contest that he didn't, but he lost to Zach Levine. Um, maybe that's why I went there. I mean, those guys are always linked in my head. But I'm just thinking of Gordon because he's now on a Nuggets team where Jokic is the center of the universe. Jamal Murray is their clear second best player. Michael Porter Jr. is really critical offensively. And Aaron Gordon is now this like slasher and defender role player type who was because of his draft position years ago miscast as a as a central building block on a magic team um that of course also had Vooch that couldn't get anywhere that had guys who put up numbers but could not get anywhere because there was just something else missing i just think that cert, for certain players the talent is there but they've got to figure out a way to use it if they can't do it as a, as the leader then you're better off as a supporting player in a, in a different system like um you know, I, if you moved Zach Levine magically to the Warriors tomorrow and he's playing off of Steph and Clay, we think of him completely differently. Andrew Wiggins is, of course, the perfect example of this. Andrew yeah. Wiggins was a number one overall pick in Minnesota, putting up numbers but could not lead that team anywhere. You put him on the Warriors as the fourth most important player, and suddenly he's a key piece to a championship. It's just, it's all context. And who you're playing off of. And Wiggins, by the way, like Zach Levine, had immense uh, talent, tools, body, athleticism. It doesn't always translate. That's a great point. I think when you're talking about those guys specifically, Aaron Gordon, Andrew Wiggins, and just the consistency that you want from a guy like Zach Levine, where you see that he can be that, but he's just not doing it on a nightly basis. You can put the ball in the bucket. We know that. 
Uh, but can you make the guys around you better? Can you play defense at a consistent rate? Not telling you to be an all-defensive player, but just at a consistent rate. And like you mentioned, if you're going to be in that top 15, you're doing it every year where it's no longer a discussion or it needs to be a debate. And I think that's something that Zach Levine can work on. Uh, and I can say that as a fan of Zach Levine. Howard, great stuff, man. You know I love talking basketball with you. Uh, so I appreciate you hanging out with me on a Friday. Good to be with you. Thanks for having me. Of course. Howard Beck. Make sure you follow him on Twitter, at Howard Beck. Does some great stuff for GQ Sports, great stuff for the Lockdown Network as well, and uh, clearly making some great points. Makes me feel terrible hearing him as a Bulls fan. But, because you know what it is? I just, I don't think the Bulls are as far away as people are saying, right? Like, you look at the East, especially after this, this playoff series, like if James Harden leaves the Sixers, Jalen Brown and Tatum kind of have some sort of riff because Missoula can't put it together. If Giannis wants to leave the Bucks in a year or two, you know what I mean? Like, I just, then you look at the other teams, like, I'm not, I don't think the Bulls are far away from the Knicks. That's just me, personally, right? Like, I don't think they are. I don't think they're far away from the Atlanta Hawks, teams that are sitting in that five through nine window. I think the Bulls are there. Just roster construction and getting it together. And I think that, you know, what we've been doing over the course of the last year or so is is judging AK, and granted, he didn't make the moves that we wanted him to this past offseason to bring in some three-point shooters and a rim protector. But to not account for the Lonzo Ball thing when assessing AK's job, ah, it's a, I, I don't want to go on this rabbit hole. I don't. I really don't. All right, Cubs baseball starting at... Pre-game starting at 8.05. Zach Zabin got you right there. First pitch, 8.40. Cubs taking on the San Diego Padres this weekend. And I'm going to do a little bit of Twitter time before this starts. I need to have a little fun. I need to loosen up a little bit. And then uh, give you the starting lineups for the Cubs and lead you right into that pregame. We'll do that next. It's Gabe Ramirez right here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Well, what do you know? I got an admirer. You spend so much time on Twitter, you're not enjoying the better things in life. All those idiots on Twitter. It's Twitter time with Gabe Ramirez. I only want to know one thing. Can you cuss on Twitter? I give a rat's ass about Twitter. To be brutally honest, I'm not a Twitter guy. Let's scroll through some tweets. Chirp, chirp. Gabe Ramirez, 670 to score. And it's only fitting we have a little fun today. It's Friday, guys. Let's be honest, man. Twitter time. Do a little... A little bit of sports, a little bit of pop culture here, all right? Uh, then I'll give you some Cubs talk right before we throw it out to Zach Zabin at 8.05, all right? Let me get the chirp, chirp to kick this thing off. I need to be in rhythm here. Chirp, chirp. First up from Crone 34 says, Josh Allen is currently the best dual threat in the NFL. Now, I don't know how I feel about that. Obviously, my, my heart takes me to Justin Fields, but then you have to think about the other part of the duality. <laughs> Running is one thing, but it's the throwing part. But shouldn't Patrick Mahomes just have that designation? Like, what What are we talking about right there? I mean, Josh Allen is really good, but until he beats Patrick Mahomes, I think it's without a doubt that he is the best dual threat there. There's a couple of things they have on this tweet. It was like it's called NFL Facts. And it says, the Vikings have the best helmet in the NFL. What? You mean that? Little sideways teardrop? No. You can't be serious. The fake horns on the helmet? They can't. But then I then I have to go quickly in my head and think, who has the best helmet? Steelers? That's kind of boring. Who would you say, Leo? Think quickly. NFL. Just off the top of my head, I like the Bengals. Duh. When they put that white, the white that helmet? Awesome. Yeah. Dude, that's money right there. Okay. I'm I'm woo, glad it glad it wasn't the Vikings. Chirp, chirp. Alright, next up, uh, this from Evan Sideray. On Twitter, it says the Suns ultimately decided decided between Frank Vogel and Doc Rivers for the head coach coaching op- opening. Um, they said that Monty Williams and the Pistons, we know that. Uh, oh, excuse me, Monty Williams and the Pistons are expected to pursue Suns lead assistant Kevin Young. Now, it was interesting that Doc Rivers removed his name for the Suns coaching search, and I just, you know, what I started thinking about it. Chicago guy probably just wants to take a break. He's over it, right? He's just like, man, whatever. Did the sell. I've been coaching forever. Maybe it's time I just take a little breaky, a little breaky break. But either way, Frank Vogel, 
Is he going to be fired in the middle of the season? <laughs> Probably. Uh, coaching The coaching carousel is just unbelievable right now in the NBA. Chirp, chirp. Uh, this from Aaron Ladd TV, and that's with two Ds. So Patrick Mahomes, speaking of the best dual threat quarterback in the NFL, hit an inside-the-park home run to tie the game thanks to some bad defense at a charity softball game in Kansas City. Now, we know he played baseball. And he did hit a home run earlier in the day. Uh, he went yard during that. That's uh, called the Big Slick Celebrity Game. First of all, how cool is that? Getting to watch Patrick Mahomes play a little baseball in Kansas City? He probably had to fly there from wherever he was at. You think, Leo, you think pa- Patrick Mahomes has, like, a house and lives his, does his offseason in Kansas City? Probably not. No way. No chance, dude. No no way you're staying in Kansas no. City when you're Patrick Mahomes. And when you have as much money as Patrick Mahomes. What are you doing? Going to the Kroger at, like, 7 at night? Like, hey, what's up, Betty? No, absolutely not. Patrick Mahomes is probably, like, I don't know. Hopefully he's, like, Turks and Caicos. It's got to be something sexier than, than Kansas City. I'll tell you that. Sure, sure. Uh, this from Stephen A. Smith. He says, I don't know what Shannon Sharp's plans are right now, but I know that if he wants to make his way on over to first take, I'm here for it. Ooh. It's got to hurt. It's like you break up with your girlfriend, and then all these guys are, like, leaving comments underneath her pictures. Like, damn, you fine, you fine, you fine. Damn, girl. Let me take you out. And then if you're the ex, you're like, bro, I just broke up with you. Everybody just waiting to scoop you up. That's why if you got, you know, a good girl, man, don't break up with her. Just ask, just ask Skip Bayless. That's true. About that. uh, this from Nicki Minaj on Twitter. Hopefully you guys, you're familiar with Nicki Minaj, Leo? This is- Heard of her a time or two? I got you. He says, she says, okay, now hear me out, y'all. If someone offers you $5 million of tax-free liquid cash right now, and all you got to do is pick one line from Pound Town 2. That's her latest uh, feature. It says, tap, tap on your forehead forever, and you can't never move. Which line are you picking? Pound Town, I just wanted to say it because it's a funny name for a song. And that song is reckless. So just, <laughs> I don't want to say go Google it and play it for yourself, but an opportunity to say Pound Town and Nicki Minaj in the same. It's, a, it's the name of a song. I'm not just going crazy here. Pound Town. Make sure you check it out. It's number one on uh, on Apple Music right now. Sure, sure. <laughs> Just get out of that subject. Uh, this from Just Bland on Twitter. He says, Bryce Young throwing dots to classical music. It's a movement. So apparently, every single Carolina Panther that's on offense is like and defense is saying how poised he is, how great his throws are, right on point every single time, extremely accurate. And he was playing... Beethoven's Sonata for Violin and Piano Number no. 5 and F on the practice field by his request. Is that odd? Classical music on there? Seems a little odd. Like, should be, they should be playing some Pound Town yeah. by Nicki Minaj. Sorry, next door. Sure, sure. <laughs> today's, today's National Donut Day. And Justin Fields, this is from the Chicago Bears. Justin Fields holding a donut. And just, I just wanted to talk about Justin Fields during Twitter time. Just all. That's all. There's literally nothing else. National Donut Day, no donuts here at the score when I walk in. Like, what's going on with that? Nobody can hook us up. All right. Chirp, chirp. Um, this one from J.B. Pritzker, the governor. Well, first it was by way of the Soldier Field Twitter account, which says, Chicago Swifties, we're excited to see you for the Taylor Swift concert, the Eras Tour this weekend. Please visit our website, soldierfield.com, for everything Chicago TS, the Eras Tour. See you soon. And then J.B. Pritzker quote tweeted it and said, Welcome to Chicago, Taylor Swift. Now, you know damn well he didn't write this. Because, look, it's too clever. It says, welcome to Chicago, Taylor Swift. It's been a few years, but we knew all too well that you'd come back stronger than the 90s trend. Come on. Jamie Pritzker did not write that. Stronger than the 90s trend? But Taylor Swift is going to be here, and she's going to be here Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Do not go to the South Loop if you don't have to. Like, it is going to be madness. And it's not something where people just show up, like, right then and there. No, like they've been lining up for days. People were lining up days before the concert just to buy merch. And then they asked some girl on WGN, they're like, why are you lined up just to buy merch? And she's like, well, because I don't want to wait in line during the concert. I want to wear my merch to the concert and be ready. Taylor Swift, you look like you could be a Swifty, Leo. Not a Swifty, but I pretend to know about it when the circumstances are right. Favorite Taylor Swift song? I don't know, actually. uh, All too well, all too well. Is that a name? Is that a name of a song? Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. I didn't. I do not know that song. 
But they asked that. Did you see, you know, the Bears do a really good job, and I think the White Sox did it as well, where they, you know, they pose the question where the camera's there and the guys answer it as they're walking by. And so all the Bears players and OTAs, they were asked, you know, what's your favorite Taylor Swift song? And, you know, a couple guys were like 22, a couple guys were saying some other ones. But there were some Swifties on the Bears squad. Got to be honest, man. Listen, what you can't do is hate on someone. I know some some people are listening, rolling their eyes right now. Taylor Swift is doing a three-hour concert. Three hours. That's what they're calling it, the Arrows Tour. Ten albums. Now I sound like a Swifty. But ten, but for three hours, you just, I always, appre- I love music. It's, it's, it's my passion. It's my, it's my love. And whenever you go to a concert and realize that you know, like, every single song, like, that in itself says a lot about the artist. So, uh, shout out to... Shout out to all the dads that are driving their daughters to Soldier Field right now and thinking they were listening to this to get some sports and then get the Cubs, and little did they know they're getting more Swifty. So shout out to the daughters or sons that are in the car. I try to take care of you guys, too. All right, give me some wrap-up music over here. Um, The Cubs starting lineup today. Nico Horner leading off. You got Danby Swanson in the two-hole. Ian Happ, Seiya Suzuki, three and four, as they have been for the last couple of days. Mike Talkman, batting fifth, as Tony Androcki would say. He's been playing well, deserves that bump up. Christopher Morrell is in the lineup and batting sixth. Trey Mancini gets the start at first base today. Patrick Wisdom, hopefully he can get going. I hated that I threw out that stat that he was three for 30, his last 30, because I, I only have well wishes for Patrick Wisdom. And then Jan Gomes, catching today for Jamison Tyone who's looking to bounce back get his first victory for the Cubs uh, but he'll be going up against Michael Walker today in the San Diego Padres that game happening at 840 pregame Zach Zaidman 805 alright uh, gotta thank our guests today my guests today uh, we had Tony Androcki as I mentioned talking some Cubs baseball Howard Beck with some NBA gotta thank Leo Stoddaher great job today my friend Great job with the audio. Great job with the guests. And the best rundown I've seen in my year and some change here at 670 to score. All right. Mi gente, that means my people. Hasta la próxima. That means until next time, which will be Monday on 670 to score. I am Gabe Ramirez. Have a great weekend. And this is Chicago Sports Radio 670 to score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.